Hello and welcome to the Fit Girl Club podcast. I'm your host and coach Helen and I'm here to help women lead a healthier and happier lifestyle. Hello and welcome to episode five of the podcast, the Fit Girl Club podcast. Hope you are doing great. I am fantastic and I'm so excited to be talking this week about all things dieting. Dieting. Don't know why I had to do the deep voice. Dieting. Different diets, how they work, the positives, the negatives, just debunking those myths so you're not out there thinking, ooh, well, so-and-so did this diet and that worked for this reason and that worked for this. So this week is all about different diets and I'm going to take out, sort of, eh, might leave it in, my personal opinion, but I'm just going to really explain how things work so that hopefully this will help you. Some of the things you might be like, oh my God, I can't believe that. Other things you might be like, oh, I might actually try that. But it's all about personal preference as always. So it's up to you what you want to do, how you want to work. So this week, let's debunk some dieting myths. So first and foremost, let me explain actually what a diet is. A diet is your actual eating habits. So when you say I'm going on a diet, you're not because you're always on a diet. It's how you eat. But it's become common in weight loss that you say I'm going on a diet and basically that means you're going to restrict your eating, cut back a bit and you want to lose weight, body fat. Can't see me, I'm doing inverted commas, body fat. And that's going on a diet. And I'm not going to tell you to change how you speak. I'm not going to sit here and preach about that because there's no point. If that's the perception of how things are, that's how we've been brought up. So what's the point in changing that? But what I'm talking about today is your perception of what a diet is and different diets and how they work. But really, these are just different ways of eating. So this week's episode, I'm going to break down different diets. Oh my God, I wish you could see me. I'm doing inverted commas. And first and foremost, I'm going to do intermittent fasting or the 5-2 diet. Then I'm going to talk about the keto diet. Then I'm going to talk about slimming clubs and how they work. Then I'm going to talk about vegan slash plant-based diet. Then I'm going to talk about fad diets, things like the special care diet and the cabbage soup diet. And finally, I'm going to talk about different slimming pills, drinks, Herbalife, Boom Bod, that shite, because that is shite. Save the best till last. And I'm going to talk through how all these things work, why they work, because they all work. They actually do work. If you do any of these, you will lose weight. But, but, and this is a massive but. I'll tell you more in a bit. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the ride. Right, here we go. Number one, intermittent fasting. Now, intermittent fasting isn't a magic diet. It's basically just skipping breakfast, usually. So what intermittent fasting is, is eating within a smaller time frame, a smaller window. So what that usually means for you is, if you're missing skipping a meal, so say skipping breakfast, and you only start eating at 12 noon, I'm going to use different examples for this. So your eating window on intermittent fasting is 12 noon till 8pm. So what that can mean, can mean, is that you have a small in, smaller eating window, you eat one less meal a day, so you're cutting down on calories. 
see where I'm going with this. Everything's all about calories because the only way to lose weight is calorie deficit. End of. This is going to be a recurring theme throughout today's podcast, but hear me out. Intermittent fasting works by usually skipping breakfast and having a smaller time frame to eat. So what that can mean for a lot of people, a lot, not all, and I'm in both sections for this, I have experience of this and I do not purposefully do intermittent fasting, but some days I just won't eat breakfast and other days I will. I don't put a label on it. Now, what this can mean then is within that eight hour window, you have, say, your lunch and your evening meal and a snack, so your calorie consumption is lower. And that's it. And people can be happy with that. And it works for some people and it works really well for some people, but it's not magic. That's all it is. It's just a way of getting you in a calorie deficit. Other names for the intermittent fasting diet are the 5-2 diet, where five days a week you eat, is it super low five days a week? I don't know why I'm asking you. You should be answering me, by the way. Um, You eat low calories five days a week and then higher calories two days a week. I do believe that's accurate. Um, You know, there's loads of different marketing tools in the industry for intermittent fasting. But if you see anything that's like trying to sell you it, basically, girls, don't buy into it. You can do this yourself. It's It's a choice. Now, I want to debunk this myth because it's something I got told growing up and I think it's something we all got told growing up is that you need to eat breakfast and you don't. You can eat what you want when you want. It doesn't freaking matter. Not in the grand scheme of things unless you're training to be a professional athlete or anything like that. Eat when you're hungry. Eat when suits you. I tend to eat majority of my calories in the evening because I sit down and just like to eat and just chill out with it because it makes me sluggish and I'll eat lower calories during the day. But that's my preference. If you find that by 10 in the morning, by skipping breakfast, you are absolutely ravenous and you're reading the biscuit in, it's not doing you any good. Also, if you're hangry, moody, anything like that, why bother? It's not going to make a difference. Also, if you find that skipping breakfast and you're training in the morning and you've got no energy and you're feeling like you're going to pass out, don't do it. It's not going to be beneficial for you in the long run because when you think about these things, you're not going to be able to stick to it. It's all about finding something that works for you, that you can stick to, that's sustainable. Too much coffee today. Sustainable. So intermittent fasting works for some and doesn't work for others. Now, on the flip side, you could also be a person that I sometimes am and does intermittent fasting. So you skip your breakfast, you're absolutely fine till midday. But then in that eight-hour eating window, you can still overeat your calories. I can consume a ridiculous amount of calories in one sitting. That's just me. And I know this and I know my triggers and I'm educated on it, but this could happen to you. So you could be doing intermittent fasting, telling all your friends, oh, I'm doing intermittent fasting. Look at me, this magic diet. And then still within that eight hour window, say in order to lose body fat, you needed to eat 1,800 calories. You could still be consuming 2,500 calories. You could have a large Domino's meal and still be overeating. So it's still all about a calorie deficit. So intermittent fasting, I don't call it a diet. I think it's a tool that works for some people and doesn't work for others. So it's about working out. If skipping breakfast and eating later in the day makes you adhere to your calorie deficit, go for it. If it makes you hungry, sad, moody as F, and just not happy, 
and lacking energy, don't do it. Do not do it. Do what works for you. Do the right thing for you. So that's intermittent fasting. It ain't magic. Right, now let's talk about the keto diet. I'm really going to try and not go on a massive hell and rant with this. So I'm going to try and be diplomatic and educate you and tell you all about keto. What is keto and how does it work? Because it does work. First and foremost, disclaimer, the ketogenic diet is the hardest, most restrictive diet you could ever do. Seriously, you have to have some ridiculously high willpower, strength and restriction in your life to be able to stick to it. I'm going to explain how it works now and how you get into a state of keto. But just FYI, some of my girls sometimes are saying, oh, I'm doing keto. And I say, oh, are you? Tell me about it. And they tell me what they're doing. And basically, they're doing a low-carb diet, which is absolutely fine if it works for you, if it works for your goals, if it works for your energy. There's a running theme with this. Whatever works for you works for you. But just because you're cutting out potato doesn't mean you're on a keto diet. Now, here's where I explain it. So the ketogenic diet, the science behind it is, if you drastically reduce the amount of your carbs you intake, and I mean drastically, so much so, and I don't want to go too sciencey because you might not understand all of this, not saying you don't get it, but it's just, it's fitness speak, nutrition speak. Your intake during the day is compromised of macros called protein, carbohydrates, and fats. You've probably heard of all those. There's also alcohol, but we'll skip that for now, which is also carbs. So protein, fats, and carbohydrates. Normal Western diets, you're probably at about 50% carbohydrates, 20% 20 to 30% fat, and or 20 to 30% protein, depending on your lifestyle and how you eat. Now, the ketogenic diet you have to have, have to, and there's no, there's like, there's such a fine line between what works and what doesn't work. So to get you into ketosis, which is a state, which where your body will then be burning fat as its main fuel source. Cause at the moment your body burns carbohydrates as its main fuel source. So you need to increase your fats from 20, 30% of your daily amount to 70%. That's a ridiculously high amount of fat, dietary fat, without actually getting out, you know, the olive oil and glugging it. You need to increase things like your your nuts, your seeds, your avocados, your olive oils, butter. Oh, no thanks. Side note, bulletproof coffee, buttering coffee, yuck. How could anyone do that? Back on board. I don't really like butter. Don't even have butter. Don't use it. Anyway the science. You need to increase your fats to about 70%. You then need to consume 20 to 25% of protein. Okay. But your protein can't go too high either. So you can't just start living on ham and bacon and chicken. You also have to watch how much protein you have in your diet because ketogenic diet is 70% fats. Then the rest is made up of carbohydrates. So you do the math. There's 10 to 5% left of carbohydrates. Now, even eating something like, I need to work it out, breads out, pasta, potatoes, all of that jazz, rice, all of it out. You can't really drink alcohol. If you enjoy alcohol, you cannot have a beer. Um, Some get away with like a gin and soda, but you have to have really limited amounts. 
you you clear spirits usually okay-ish, but still really small amounts. Make sure you have an olive with it as well because uh or maybe James Bond was on the keto diet because he has a martini, which is basically, I think, vodka and olives. Get me back on track, please. Okay. It's not just vodka and olives. I know martini's made up of more than that. So you need to have this high, high fat diet, high fat consumption. And everyone knows vegetables are carbs, right? If that's a knowledge bomb for you, mind blown. That's news to you. You can't even eat certain vegetables that are quite starchy. You can't eat a carrot. That'll take you out of ketosis. You can have limited berries, limited bit of spinach, but you couldn't have a big salad. So even though the keto diet works amazingly well, and for endurance athletes, for those that are going for long marathons, Ironmans, you know, using a lot of energy for over a long period of time, Keto, ketogenic diet is, is amazing and it's the be- benefits to make you feel for your energy are amazing apparently I've tried the keto diet once and I don't think I actually did it properly and got into ketosis I might do an experiment and try it oh I don't know I like to live don't know if I can be that's my problem I like to live but I might try it we'll see I'll document it if I do But my point with that is it works for endurance athletes. It works for, and it does work if you do do it. Oh my God, it works. The results you'll get are amazing. And you'll naturally want to eat less because of the fats and the protein satiating you. You feel fuller. Your brain brain works better apparently on it. Apparently your cognitive function's higher. Loads of benefits to it. But here's the downside, right? It takes about three days of doing the diet to get into a state of ketosis. So for three days, you have to do this. Then after that, you usually get a keto flu where you get a bit ill and you feel like shit. And you stop swearing. You feel a bit crap. That's the swear word, isn't it? (laughs) You feel a bit rubbish. And then you start to feel the benefits. If you ate one gram too many carbs a bag of crisps, had a beer, even sniffed a chip, you would come out of ketosis and then you'd have to start the process again. So you'd have to do the three days to get back into it. That's why it's so, so restrictive. Honestly, girls, look at your diet at the minute. So I eat quite a low-carb diet. I'll have oats and pasta very, well, oats more often, but pasta rarely, or actually... That's a lie. I used to eat a low-carb diet, but recently I've got into cinnamon rolls. Do not go to Little Bakery, FYI, or do. Be warned, be warned. So good. But usually I have quite a low-carb diet because I tend to eat a lot of nutrient-dense food. I like to fuel my body. I fill up on loads and loads of vegetables, lean proteins, plant-based proteins. That's my personal preference. I'm not telling you that's how you should do it. But for example, for me, if I was in a ketogenic diet, and you were in it for a long stay, you can't have anything. You, you can't even have a biscuit. You know, like when I'm, I tell, tell you about this once in a while, you want just a Kit Kat or anything. It's so restrictive and you'll probably be miserable. And if you're already trying to look for a weight loss solution and going on to the keto diet, you're not going to be able to stick to it. Guaranteed. You have to be super, super strong-willed. So if it wasn't working before, it's not going to work now. And then what happens when you go to live your normal life again? 
when you go and socialize and do different things. The thing with the keto diet is you have to be really, really strict with it. So that's my positive negatives rant with Helen bit about Little Bakery. Love it. About ketogenic diet. Take out of that what you want to, but it's just the facts. So there you go. Right, I'm going to change up the schedule a bit, the itinerary, because I was going to talk about slimming clubs next, but I feel like after keto, it might be rant followed by rant. So more rant with Helen coming soon. But for now, I'm going to talk about vegan slash plant-based diets because they are different, but they are a way of eating and it might be beneficial to you or it might not. So the difference between a vegan and a plant-based diet are vegan is completely eating no animal-based products. So if you are strict vegan, that means you don't eat meat or fish, which are the obvious ones. You don't eat any dairy, so no cheese, butter, eggs, none of that. You also, if you're a strict vegan, do not eat any products derived from animals. So you don't have honey. What was the other? There's another like, not odd one, but like you wouldn't really think of it. So you have to be super strict with it. So vegan is, it's more of an ethical approach. Don't want to use any animal-based products. And I completely side with anyone that's doing anything for an ethical purpose. They're your beliefs and that's what you should do, no matter what anyone else says about it. Side note, you shouldn't preach to anyone else about it. You can educate people, but don't preach about it. Now, a plant-based diet is where you reduce your animal product intake. Does that make sense? So I changed to a majority plant-based diet last year. I actually watched a documentary, um, David Attenborough, I can't even say his name, respect to the man. David Attenborough documentary, and I was like, right, that's it, watches. Two of my girls laughed at me, two of my girls. One of my girls, um, Emma, hi, Emma, works for, not works, she's on the Climate Change Youth Board for Manchester. One of my other girls, um, Sophie, they're really into climate change and the environment and advocates for it. Hi, girls. And they both, when I told them about this, said, oh, watches one David Attenborough, can't say his name, David Attenborough documentary and changes the world. And that's just me all over. I'm like, right, that's it. I'm going plant-based. I can't believe we're ruining the world with all this carbon footprint. But if you look into it properly, carbon emissions are a a lot bigger thing. And I'm not going to talk about that today, but it's more to do with the big, big, big companies. But I just wanted to make a difference and I wanted to make a change. Now, this is one of the, probably the reasons why my diet used to be, because I, have a high protein diet. Side note, you should all be eating more protein. Looking at least a gram per kilogram of body f- body fat. No, wait. But I try to get about 100, 150 grams of protein a day. And the way I used to feel that I needed to do that was by snacking on cooked meat. So I'd get packs of chicken, packs of turkey, packs of everything and sit on a night and eat cooked meat. Honestly, that's what I did. So then after this documentary said about one of the ways to reduce your carbon footprint is to reduce your animal product intake, I was literally like, right, that's it. Let's see what I can do. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. But disclaimer, I still do eat eggs. Now that I've resolved my IBS issue and lactose intolerant issue due to a prescribed probiotic, personalized prescribed probiotic, ooh, BPP, 
more info on that if you want, hit me up. It's with a company in the US, sent a sample to them and they prescribed me a probiotic that's literally changed my life because I can now eat dairy in moderation. Dangers in the dust, girls, dangers in the dust. Side note, if anyone needs any help about any stomach issue with IBS information, help hit me up. I'm not a dietitian, but I can help you. I've got a lot of information about it. I will actually do a podcast about IBS one day. I'm actually going to write that down now. So my actual point with that was, since I sorted that out, I can now eat some dairy. So I have yogurt most days, high protein Greek yogurt. I have eggs in my diet, but I have a rule that I don't really buy. I did have a rule that I don't buy meat, but now I have a rule that I don't buy meat during the week. And on the weekend, sometimes I'll have meat. And if I'm eating out, I'll have meat. I'm not really restricted with it, but I'm just more conscious of it. And there's so many protein sources that you can have that don't have meat in. So if I can do it, anyone can do it. And basically with that, and the way plant-based diet works is you just eat majority of your food is plant-based. So vegetables, fruit, think of filling three quarters of your plate with vegetables. Like a lot of you will have seen from my Instagram or my Facebook or different social media I use, how much veg I eat. It's actually insane. I can go buy like 20 pounds of veg and eat it in two days. I can just see my fruit bowl now and I've got about six plums, two oranges, two apples, four bananas, a pineapple, that'd be gone in a couple of days. A snack on fruit, snack on vegetables. If I'm feeling a bit hungry, I'll have a bowl of sprouts. I love veg, 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 veg me up. And then you can get your beans, your pulses, lentils, things like that in your diet. And as well, with a plant-based diet, you'll find that these products grow naturally. So it's they're unprocessed. So I tend to have even though I will have like on an evening, like a snack bar, like a low calorie snack bar or some rice cakes, I tend to have majority, majority, majority unprocessed foods. And that's what plant-based diets tend to be. So think about where your products are coming from. And for me, a plant-based diet works because I'm looking at everything that my intake, always try and do about 80% high quality plant-based food and then 20% of the stuff you love. So be a bit processed if you like, but think about where the food's coming from and how it's fueling your body. And that's why a plant-based diet works so well for me, majority plant-based. But like I talk about with all these things, I don't put a label on my diet. It's just the way I eat. And that's my choice. So that's information on a vegan diet and a plant-based diet. Now, a negative with a vegan diet, full vegan, never have any animal products is, especially for women, you will probably have and get blood tests done by the doctors for this, you will probably have a vitamin B deficiency and an iron deficiency. I actually take iron tablets now just because I don't eat as much as I hardly eat red meat at all. There is iron in spinach, but there's not enough. So girls, if if you're not eating red meat or products with iron in, make sure you're getting enough iron because that, that could be one of the main reasons why your energy is low. And a vitamin B deficiency can be quite dangerous. And it's apparently... Don't, right, correct me on this, but apparently it's irreversible. So if you're having a plant-based diet, vegan diet, vegan diet, 1 million percent, you should be supplementing B vitamins and iron. There's different contradicting information about omega-3. I take omega-3. You can get a algae omega-3, which is, it sounds awful. Don't worry, you can't taste it. You're not actually eating algae. But 
normal omega-3 generally comes from fish but if you're a vegan you don't eat fish so you wouldn't have omega-3 that's come from fish 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 so you can get plant-based vegan omega-3 i've done a lot of research on omega-3 i've got one side of the corner in one corner saying it doesn't work at all and another side saying it's one of the most beneficial supplements you can ever take so i just take it so if you're vegan or plant-based i really recommend number one you go to your doctor and get your bloods tested just say you want a general checkup to check your vitamins and sub minerals are in good quantities should be taking iron tablets b vitamins multiple v vitamins not just b12 all of them and omega-3 but that's just my advice it's not gospel like i said speak to your doctor first okay so that's vegan and plant-based okay slimming clubs i'm going to be as diplomatic as i can with this i'm going to tell you how they work and why they work but i'm also going to tell you the negatives and just some of it is my personal opinion and some of you may not agree with this but i believe that slimming clubs keep you subscribed to them because you can't go off after and live a normal life without sticking to their rules right so slimming clubs do work so let's take an imaginary girl and say she's overweight let's be honest about it say 18 stone she's got a weight to lose she's been stuck in a rut for years she's been eating the wrong things the weight's piled on and she's just fed up now she joins up to a slimming club insert name here and from there what happens is with these slimming clubs they tell you this is good this is bad side note there is no good and bad food foods don't have emotions there's nutrient dense there's high calorie there's low calorie and there's low nutrient end of but these clubs tell you this is good, this is bad, do this, do that. And there's a set of rules that with someone that is overweight, severely overweight or overweight, will work. Because what they start doing is making you think about increasing your nutrient-dense food, increasing the things in your diet that you weren't having before, reducing the processed food. So what happens with this person is they start seeing things a bit differently, but while they're following along the rules, they're not actually educating themselves. So they're not realizing that picking a, God, let's think of something, a salad. I know a salad's a bad choice, but salad over a bag of crisps is lower calorie, nutrient dense instead of higher calorie, low nutrient. But they're not getting that education. They're just getting told that's bad. That's good. Do this. And what will happen is they'll lose the weight. Now, especially at the start of your journey, if any of you have been having a poor diet where you're eating high processed foods, not eating well, and then going on to eating more nutrient dense food, even if you're still factoring a few of the things you love, name for name, bad food, some people call it a sin. Oh, don't even start me on that. Now, if you start eating more nutrient dense food, you're going to feel fuller for longer, you're going to have more energy. So you'll naturally start eating less of the less nutrient dense food, for want of a better word, bad. Also, what happens at the start of this journey is you, you're really motivated to do it as well. You're really motivated to do what they say, do the rules. I'm, I'm trying to think of the words to say this without it being too 
preachy or too. I don't want to put my opinion on you because slimming clubs work, but for for not, in my opinion, not the right reason. And also when you first join, you're in a community, you've got support, you've got this motivation, it's something new, you're excited, you're like, woohoo, let's go. You start seeing the results, you step on the sad step every week in front of everyone. I don't get that, weighing in. Please girls, bin the scales. You weigh yourself in every Monday or whatever day it is and you if the scale says you've lost a few pounds, you feel good about yourself. Whereas if you've gained, you feel bad about yourself. Honestly, why do you do this to yourselves? Please stop it. That that number should not dictate how you feel. You should be able to feel good in your own skin, have more energy, live your best life, clothes that fit, and off you go. Not dictated by your gravitational pull towards the earth. This is what I meant about this section. I was going to have a massive rant about it because it really frustrates me. Anywho. Back to the point. So that's how it works in the start and you're doing really good. And then you get to a stage where you're at a lower weight and you've changed your diet and you're eating better and you've got more energy. But then for you either stop going to said slimming club and think, ah, right, I've got this. I can go off on my own. And then old habits start creeping back in and you're like, oh my God, I put the weight back on. So you need to start join up to the slimming club again. And you're in this never ending circle and you're stuck for life. On the flip side, you can get to a certain point where you're at a lower weight and the slimming club just doesn't work for you as it was before. And you hit a plateau and you're like, why is it not working? And you tell yourself or you have this song in your head saying, what is wrong with me? There's Janet who comes every week. Sorry, Janet. have to use her name. Janet that comes every week and she's dropping the pounds. Why am I not? I'm doing everything right. What's what's wrong with me? And you start believing yourself when it's not your fault. It's the freaking system. The fact that some clubs allow you to eat unlimited amounts of pasta is ridiculous. I don't know if they do this anymore. And in coming weeks, I will be getting some of the girls on that used to do these slimming clubs. And some of their examples are fantastic. I've never done one, but my mum did one for years. And I know people that have done them. And a lot of the girls that come to me have done them before. And are literally like, Helen, I was allowed to eat unlimited amount of that. But 500 grams of it, oh, that's a ridiculous amount of pasta about, I think about, I'm going to get some now, 180 grams of pasta is like four or 500 calories. So if you're having unlimited amounts of pasta, if you're having this mountain of pasta and it's free food or whatever they call it, it's still calories. Calories are calories. And this is the point. And this, oh, one of the girls the other day in the shred, she was saying about how she was allowed to have a jack potato with cheese and beans. A jack potato, you're looking at two to 300 calories. Cheese, if it's if it's full fat cheese, you're looking at two to 300 to 400 calories, depending on how much you have. A tin of beans is about 300 calories, even a low sugar tin, so half a tin, about 200 calories. Your lunch there is nearly like 800 calories. And to lose body fat, you need to be in about 1,700 calories a day. You do the math and that's just your lunch. The problem with these clubs is they don't educate you and that's how they keep you because it works and you see the results and you're like, bing, I bought into it. Then you go off to your own thing or plateau and you think it's your fault. You blame yourself and you think they're doing it right. It's me that's doing it wrong. Whereas they're not, they're doing it wrong because they're not educating you. Last note on swimming clubs, insert name here. How on earth, and this is not true, can a banana that's just a banana, you peel it, you eat it, be all right for you, but you smash it up, it's not all right for you. There's no difference in calories, girls. They're brainwashing you with absolute rubbish. So if it works for you, 
I'm never one to say, don't do something. You've got to do what's right for you. It's your freaking life. But this is just the education around it. And that's my rant about slimming clubs. Okay, last but by no means least, we have the pills, shakes, boom board things. Supplements, shall we call them? Ugh, hate using that word. I use supplements like protein powder, creatine, started taking betanoline, I'd say magnesium, but the industry, the bad industry, the fake industry, fake news, calls these supplements, supplementary diets. Basically, anything like that, drink, pill, Herbalife, boom, bod, are getting you to take something to reduce your calorie intake. But by replacing a whole meal or two with a pill that you pay a lot of money for, You are really doing yourself a disservice. Not only are you paying money for these things that are basically just putting you in a calorie deficit, by the way, but you're also not learning how to eat within your calorie allowance, lose weight without restriction because you're having to be in restriction by taking these things. Plus, oh my God, girls, don't we all, the reason we put on body fat is because we like to eat. We love our food. So why would you want to do that to yourselves? Right. Out of all of these, the companies like Herbalife and Juice Plus, what a load of shite, number one, don't buy into it. It's a load of rubbish. It's just replacing calories with a pill and you're paying them for it. You might as well just make your own little pill or have a coffee. A lot of these, like the skinny teas, are just caffeine. So caffeine reduces your appetite. So that can stop you eating as much. That's all these usually are. Boom bod is the only one I've done. And now it did really work for me, but it's so weird. It's like this substance. And you know what? I'm surprised I'm alive with this because God knows what was in it. It's this substance that turns into like a jelly in your stomach and makes your stomach a bit small, so fills you up. It's also full of B vitamins, which increase your energy and also reduce your appetite. And I think, it, I don't know if I had caffeine in, but basically all these products are are appetite suppressants. Girls, just go get a coffee. Seriously, that's an appetite suppressant. Or eat food. Wow. Eat nutrient-dense food that fills you up. Wow. Eat enough protein. Wow. Busting myths here. I'm amazing, aren't I? I should sell this. Oh, I do. It's in the shred. Anyway, these slimming supplements are just awful. I think they're the lowest of the low of the diet industry because with this, they're actually replacing something in your life and you'll be miserable. So That's my be all and end all. I'm not going to go on too long about them. But if anyone messages you saying about Juice Plus or Herbalife, just politely say, kindly, will you insert words? No, no thanks. No thank you is all you need to say. Because these work as well. But by being in a calorie deficit, it's all about, I'm just going back to the start again, calorie deficit, calorie deficit, calorie deficit. That is it. Right, there you go. That was a very, very, very ranty podcast, but I think there's so much valuable information in there. Hope you got some insights into different diets, how they work, what works for you. Shameless plug coming up, but if you're sick of fad diets, sick of yo-yo dieting and want to make a change for good to lead a happier and healthier lifestyle, the next shred starts on the 20th of September. Link in the show notes, all about how to join up. The girls that have just finished the summer shred, oh my God, their results are amazing. Changes not only to their body, but to their mindset. They're healthier, they're happier, they have more energy, they're feeling better in themselves. And everyone that's stuck to it has near enough dropped the dress size or more. It, 
I am outstanding, like, I'm outstanding. I am, like, looking at the results, open-mouthed, craziness. And it's all done through non-restrictive eating. They've still been out and enjoyed themselves in moderation. They factored in things they want to do, social occasions. Girls have had birthdays, bottomless brunches, meals out, and still lost weight. Because that's what it's about. You can lose weight and still have fun. So, any more questions about that, hit me up. Happy to help with that, but I hope this episode gave you lots and lots of information. Have an amazing week, and I'll see you on the flip side. I hope you enjoyed the Fit Girl Club podcast. For more information on how Helen can help you, have a look at www.helensuttonpt.co.uk. Have a great day.